I need to actually, and maybe this is something that we can talk about, Jimmy. I need to decide. I don't know if you've. Well, no, I, I do know you haven't listened to the podcast. Uh, I need to decide. No, I don't listen to myself talk. I want to listen. I want. I want Why to decide. Why would I listen to our own conversation? <laughs> I was there when we did it. I don't know. I don't know. I I um I need to decide on a new little intro uh snippet, little 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 stinger, um because I was using uh just a short clip from the theme song that ended in the like it's time and then that blended in with me saying it's time. Yeah. And I just it just felt really long. So for the last few episodes, I've avoided it and I've cut straight to me saying it's time. That's the first thing you hear in the episode. But then there are going to be times where, like, I'm going to want to leave this in. Our our wonderful pre-show audio. I don't know. I think it's the, fun. The, be- I, the best audio. If people listen to the show to hear us chat. But I want to figure out what do I put as the, like, the little stinger saying, okay, this is the real show starting now. We do need some kind of at least intro bump. Yeah. The, the part of the show where you get to it and like, okay, here's the actual show part of the show instead of pointless bullshit. Right. So I think, okay, so here's here's what I want to say. Uh, for the listeners out there, I am going to be, uh, there's another thing I'm going to talk about at the end of the show, but at the start of the show, for the listeners who have any sort of audio-based inclinations, email us. You activated my podcast at gmail.com. Uh, email us a quick... I'm going to say maximum 20 second piece of audio that ends in the words, it's time. And I will leave the rest to your creative discretion. Uh, and I, I will, I will, if people send more than one, I will rotate them through. Uh, if, if we get zero submissions and I'll just make something on my own. Um, but email us, you activated my podcast at gmail.com with a 20 second, uh, it's time stinger for us to use at the start of the show. And we'll go from there and I'm going to plug something in now. (laughs) All this stuff looks pretty real. It's hard to believe that everything here is virtual. Well, you better get used to this place because I'm going to make sure you never leave. Are you familiar with the phrase? It's, it's time, time to put a podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week we are talking about season three, episodes two and three, uh, isolated in cyberspace. Man, isolated in cyberspace describes my entire quarantine situation. It didn't hit me until I just said it. But yeah, this is basically the anthem of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> We were talking about sounds that we could put for the, the intro bump. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of sounds that happened in the show that we could use. And the first thing that came to mind was the ridiculous, like, bull groaning that all the, <laughs> the, 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 like, the humanoid monsters make yeah. when they come out. Celtic Guardian. Like, Celtic, War, Celtic Guardian comes out and he sounds like a rampaging rhinoceros or something. It's like, <laughs> no, that's... That's that's clearly a person, though. Why is he making animal noises? See, I had a very similar thought, actually. And I I honestly, I haven't edited the episode yet. I don't know what sound the listeners just heard. But I was thinking of a line that happens fairly early on in this first episode we're going to talk about, which is Kaiba, uh, who's talking about 
um, I don't even remember who he's talking about, but he he sounds constipated through this entire line where he's telling. Uh, oh, it's it's right at the beginning. They drop through the digital realm and they're going to land somewhere. And as they're falling, Kaiba says, Don't worry, Mokuba. They'll pay for this. <laughs> There's an unnecessary amount of like grunting and yelling this episode. I In the show in general, I think, has a lot of grunting and, and, and groaning. <laughs> I... Actually, looking over our show notes, I do have a very good idea for a sound clip we can use for the intro, but we'll get there when we start talking about the episode. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jimmy, what have you been up to other than Yu-Gi-Oh? I know we, we took a week off, but uh, we're, we're, we're back, back in action. I'm in quarantine, dude. What do you think I've been doing? I've been doing the exact same <laughs> things for like four months. <laughs> I don't know. Five Maybe months. Final Fantasy fourteen changed or... I've been playing the Yokai Watch event in Final Fantasy XIV. Oh, fuck yeah. What's that? <laughs> They're doing a freaking crossover event with Yokai Watch. Are you familiar with this show at all? I am. I've watched a couple episodes, and it's one of those that I would love to get back into. But I we think should do an episode on it. I, I think we, we should, should, and I think what I want to do is get the game. I think there's a game on Switch now. There's certainly a game on PC. Um, but there were a bunch of games that were like, if I'm remembering correctly, and I'm thinking specifically of the, the 3DS games, they were like Professor Layton meets Pokemon. That sounds very fun. So what's the, what's the Yokai Watch? What's the crossover for, for Final Fantasy? Uh, the Yokai Watch event, you go and talk to this NPC and he, uh, they give you one of the Yokai as a minion, which you're like, the little critters that you can have as a pet in the game, and they like follow you around whenever you're running around doing stuff. Yeah, yokai. And yokai means ghost, yokai. but in yeah. in terms of the show, it's basically a Pokemon. Yeah, they're basically if Pokemon were like people, <laughs> like Creepy, they're, sure. they're uh-huh. not they're not animals; they're sentient creatures. Right, but um, they 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 uh, follow a particular person. They associate themselves with a particular person or a feeling or a place. Um, but anyway, okay, so you get a yokai. You get a yokai, and uh, they give you the yokai watch itself you can equip to your character. Fuck yeah. And so Tell me what, okay, you, tell the listeners what that looks like, please. Uh, imagine, like, your regular, like, Final Fantasy outfit, and then, you like, on your wrist, you have this bright, colorful, like, Ben 10 contraption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the <laughs> yokai watch is effectively, um, oh, I used to have a watch, actually, that was a real watch that looked pretty much like it. I had a Casio G-Shock. It looks like something you would get at a in a Burger King meal. Yeah, so it's effectively take take like the biggest bulkiest like bright red. Is it is it red still? It's multicolors. Okay. There's red and green and I think several like blue several colors like on the watch face. Right, right. So uh, take take a big bulky watch and then on the watch face is this like rainbow wheel but it's a it's the dice bubble from sorry yeah (laughs) i didn't think of that but yeah it is exactly like the dice bubble from sorry so now you have that in final fantasy so now you have it in final fantasy you equip the watch you bring out the yokai as your minion and you run around um the countryside doing fates which are just like the in these instanced 
like raids that pop up with like various monsters, and if you have to defeat them in a certain amount of time, you get experience. Okay. Uh, they're just like bigger and tougher than like the usual monsters that are running around. They're like limited time only, and they like respawn every fifteen minutes or so. Uh, so you do that, and once you ha- do that, you have your yokai as your minion in these raids, uh, you get a medallion. And then there there's two, like two different types of medallions you can get. One that's like a normal medallion, and then a legendary medallion for the yokai you have equipped. And so okay. then you can go back to the guy, exchange the medallions, and the, then... The, yo- either, the yokai guy. The yokai guy. Uh, and then you can exchange the medallions, get new yokai... Or you can exchange the legendary medallions to get uh, different weapons for your character that are, like, based on the yokai that you have. Okay. And it's like one yokai gives you one weapon for this class. Oh, So if you okay. have, you want, like, the giant axe, you have to, like, buy that yokai, do a bunch of events with him, and then go back and buy the weapon. That and is, like... 18 of them or something that actually sounds pretty good like that sounds very like um like monster hunter in a way where you have to hunt a certain monster Monster hunter and then once you get like 13 you can trade in a bunch of medallions to get like new mounts there's like two of the ghost it's like uh like a clown car or one of those um like coin operated rides outside a supermarket amazing shaped like whisper the the yokai that's Um, cool it's like one of those and another version of that that's like glowing and then like the most expensive one you can get is uh the giant you know the cat yokai uh the fattest cat no not fat cat uh oh the so the cat one is the mascot for the games yeah the yokai mascot it's like uh, something again. cat let me just google it i again i i've watched like a couple episodes and really not much more um, is it Jibanyan? Jibanyan, Jibanyan. There's going to be Paul a yokai Bunyan. fan in our audience. If you're a yokai fan in our audience, email us about this, please. <laughs> <laughs> yokai enthusiasts, where are you at? Uh, anyway, it's a giant mount that's like two seater. Uh, that's a giant version of the cat holding a couch that you sit on. A yokaisicle built for two. Yes, I like that. So it's very funny to me that Final Fantasy will have a crossover with their own game and it'll give you like one outfit. Sure. Right. Clouds, leather, leather garments. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But then they have this crossover with fucking yokai watch of all thing. And it's just like a torrent of like weapons and minions and shit. That's really It's kind of funny to me. I I would love to see what a Yu-Gi-Oh crossover with Final Fantasy would look like. That would be amazing. You get all the best outfits. <laughs> Have a mount that's just Karibo, like a giant Karibo, and you're riding on top of it. Uh, oh, no. Like, um, did you play the, either the Let's Go Pokemon games? Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee? No. on Switch? Oh, uh, Jimmy. I got okay. the demo. I know that you are not a big Pokemon fan. What? Well, because we've had this conversation. You haven't finished a Pokemon game, right? I've finished a Pokemon game. Okay, which one? <laughs> Pokemon Blue. Okay. Okay, my apologies. My apologies. I thought we'd had a very different conversation. 
Pokemon Let's Go, the reason I say it that way is Pokemon Let's Go is a really great Pokemon game for people who don't play Pokemon games uh, because it, it offers a lot of like quality of life improvements that you don't even get in uh, Sword and Shield, and you can ride a whole bunch of Pokemon, and it's really fun. And one of the main draws to the game is you can get a Snorlax, the, the big uh, comfy-looking Pokemon, for lack of a better word, and you grab onto his stomach... I, just, I think you, I do remember this now. Yes, and you hang on to his stomach as he lumbers around. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that for a Karibo. Just get a giant Karibo and sort of just nestle in its chest fur. <laughs> just Lauren, a, a giant Lauren mutters, "Of course you would." <laughs> anyway, uh, there's tons of people in Final Fantasy right now running around with their like cartoon swords it's That's just very really jarring good. to see these like cartoon characters running around besides like regular quote-unquote looking anime characters besides uh b- besides Yu-Gi-Oh and besides yokai what would be like the number one the number one crossover you'd want to see with final fantasy 14 phoenix Wright. Ooh. In what would that look like? You just get like dapper suits. Here, here's what I'm as, thinking. As this won't make any sense to you. Okay. They'll, yeah, they, you would have to get an emote that lets you do the objection pose. Mm-hmm. But there's a character who I feel would be a perfect crossover with, um, with Phoenix Wright. You won't know who this is, but Final Fantasy 14 players out there will know. Uh, a Hildebrand versus phoenix wright crossover would be amazing googling hildebrand (laughs) hildebrand i don't even know how to hildebrand is the actual main character of final fantasy 14 we're all just side characters hildebrand um hildebrand is a gentleman inspector imagine a self-contained entirely wacky anime taking place like within final fantasy 14 yeah it's his own quest line and i feel like a crossover with that would lend itself perfectly to a crossover phoenix right because you've already got uh, a wacky character with a lovable sidekick just like professor layton um i feel like this is spoilers for uh heaven's word but uh, Ishgard post Reformation is in dire need of like revamping their uh, justice system, so it's not trial by combat anymore. Gotcha. Phoenix Wright could go into that. Uh, Briardian Inspector Briardian uh, could be the prosecutor because he's already a stuffy prick who's tired of your shit. It'd be hmm. perfect. You know, I'm looking at pictures of Hildebrand now. <laughs> Would it be fair to say that he is? Dummy thick. What? Emphasis on on dummy because I think mo- that may be just the poses that people are putting him in. Um, well, the thing about him is that in all the cutscenes, they like go full G mod with the facial animations. Yeah, you can it's probably a lot. tell. It's a lot. Um, I I, I, I wouldn't I, refer to him as dummy thick though. Maybe you might be looking at his his father, Godbert Manderville. That might be it. The almost entirely naked guy with the red spectacles. That might that might actually be it. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at these, 
Um, uh, oh yeah, no, it's sorry. I just found one with his name attached. That was definitely it. Um, he's sort of a dandy. Would that be fair? Yeah, he he bills himself as a gentleman inspector, but he is just completely clueless about everything happening around him. Okay. Which is kind of like the the main impetus of his like side quest is that you join up with him and help him solve mysteries. Hmm. Which is mostly you solving the mystery and he just kind of yeah. blunders into doing it accidentally. Sure, sure. But I mean it wouldn't be a game otherwise, right? No. I see I I had one in mind that I almost hesitate to say now, but I I I, I made this bed so I'll lie in it for a crossover. I haven't played Final Fantasy fourteen. I've sort of just lived vicariously through you. But I think it would be really funny, and this is maybe how you know that the game is like on the outs if they did a Saints Row crossover. <laughs> God. Just for the dildo sword. I don't think they would go that far as to put it in the game. Would it be censored? I'm pretty sure it might be censored. Just a big black bar? I don't know. They kind of, they do have some adult themes, but they kind of skirt around it a lot. I feel like that might be too much for uh, the good people running Final Fantasy fourteen. It, it's one of those, I mean, it's obviously like that's one of the like big marketing things in Saints Row is the is the dildo sword that was very controversial mm-hmm. when they revealed it. I at first was kind of offended by the dildo sword. I was like, uh, I don't know if I want to be swinging this like phallic <laughs> symbol or <around. laughs> this giant wobbly dick. Well, but that's the thing. You, <laughs> your character pulls it out and it's so like weird and wobbly and it's just like everything becomes silly at that point. I wa- I'm wondering if they could. I wonder if they would have to like make an entire physics engine just for the wobbly sword. I mean, to equip it as a weapon. There are worse reasons to make a physics engine. <laughs> Very true. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there are worse reasons. Uh, okay, now that I have said the words dildo sword more times than expected uh, in this episode, should we talk about Yu-Gi-Oh? We should, unless there's anything that you've been doing that you would like to share with the class. I so uh, I I died last week. I the the heat wave killed yeah, me. Yeah, sorry, folks, but uh, Tyler melted into a puddle. I, I I was telling Jimmy before we started recording. It felt like, and I didn't even realize this as the heat was happening. When the heat finally went away, it felt like a weight had been lifted from my whole body. Like that's how hot it was. Is it felt like I was being condensed by the heat uh and then finally we had a thunderstorm the heat broke and then everything became incredibly sticky for a few days and then it got weirdly cold and now we're back to warm so i i don't know what england's doing um but i have had the week off this week uh some some planned vacation time for a while and i've kind of just been doing a lot of nothing uh games done quick is happening this week summer names done quick they're doing a a remote week of speed runs if you haven't heard me talk about it on the show before definitely go look it up it's gamesdonequick.com uh they are raising money for doctors without borders and they i mean honestly they do an incredible job every year but this year has been really really impressive because they're doing it all remotely usually they'd all like go to a hotel in i don't know minneapolis or something and have an event space there but now they have to like do these funky screen sharing setups between all the different runners who are speed running video games and the central base that's putting all the twitch like uh banners and stuff up 
I can't imagine the logistical nightmare behind the scenes trying to get all these people, like, ready and, like, streaming properly and, like, yeah. make sure that there's no, that the delay isn't too bad. Honestly, like, they had they had a bit of a delay getting started. I think they were about a half hour late getting started. But since then, every time I've tuned in, it's been going off incredibly smoothly. Like, there's been very little, if if any, noticeable oh, mistakes. Um, and it's it's been really good. There's a couple... It's interesting watching from the UK because, like, obviously they're gearing their time zones towards East Coast US. Uh, so I, I've missed a lot of the, like good games that I want to watch, but I, I get to watch like you the silly the, block to see the the silly stuff they put up at like three AM. That's like random. Yeah, yeah. Games but, that came out in like two thousand seven. Right, but there's been some good stuff. So like, um, uh, a speedrunner by the name of Eight. Uh, that's E I G H T T. He, I believe, ran the Sega Genesis version of The Lion King in, like, I think she got it in 12 minutes or less. I forget the exact time, but did it on the most difficult setting with zero lives. So everything in the game is a one-hit kill. There's, like, so much randomness in the game. Oh, it was incredibly impressive. And the whole time, she got two other people to, like, commentate for her. And so the whole time, all you see on the screen is just, here's the Lion King being played, and then here is this runner's face. Her facial expression was like, she could have been getting her nails done or something. Like I something something where you are actively not involved is what her facial expression said, right? Like it, fully it, immersed. Well, yeah, like the opposite of it. Like it almost looked like she was not even paying attention to the game was the funny thing to me. But wow. there she is. And you can see like, yep, that's definitely her playing. Oh, wow. She's just incredibly good at this game. <laughs> uh, and that's I've, very impressive because I've heard nothing but everything I've heard about the Lion King game is that how difficult it is. And that was I the thing. Platforming. After the fact, so many other runners were like, um, we need to talk about that because uh, people who don't know may have thought that that was easy. And that's why, that's why she didn't break a sweat. Um, it is not. Uh, but yeah, so that was very good. Um, there was also a Witcher 3 run that I want to go back and watch. Um, there was a Doom run I think is happening around now. Uh, that looked pretty interesting. The the okay. Doom, uh, the various Doom runs are always fun to watch. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I've I've just been taking the week off, like watching that, playing some video games, playing some Paper Mario. Um, I made a spreadsheet that has a game in it. I saw you posting about your like game within a spreadsheet. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's one of those, like, you have a dumb idea and you kind of just got to see it through. I made like a, a Sokoban, like block pushing puzzle game in Google Sheets. So you can play it on like a fake Game Boy that's in the Google Sheets cells. Um, so that's on my Twitter. See, if you're saying that's saying. actually impressive, though. It's, uh, I don't know yet. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> It's one of those where you finish it and you're like, oh, I could have spent my time on so many other things. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, this game is running on the Microsoft Office engine. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but, it, you know, anything to fill the time. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else big that I wanted to talk about. Uh, I, I'm going to bring this up again at the end of the show. 
I feel strangely about plugging Twitter lately because Twitter has just become this weird hellhole now that we're nearing election season. Uh, or I guess we're in it now. We've um, always been it. We've been in election season for the past four years. Yeah. So, like, for anyone else who's I feeling... want to get off Mr. Bone's wild ride. <laughs> for anyone else feeling that weight of, like, uh, I want to be on social media because it's a way that I stay connected, but also, dear God, this is, like, I'm too connected. Uh, I, I would really love to invite you to email us as a way of, like, communicating with somebody else that's not on social media email us ask us questions send us things i love like receiving that stuff and then talking about it with you jimmy um i i, I want to say that i'll email back but i know that that's not the case <laughs> <laughs> uh i i'm i'm spending this time sort of thinking about what are some ways that we can stay connected with folks that doesn't also run the risk of like like I did today, falling into a weird red state Twitter hole talking about various politicians they don't agree with um, because that uh, definitely affected my it's mental health. Good. It's not great. It's not great. Yeah. You remember a few weeks ago when I took off for uh, to the lake for a week Yeah, and I was just off of all social media then and still since coming back. I've mostly avoided Twitter, and it's been amazing. Waking up in the morning, and the first thing I'm doing is not shoving my face into a box of scorpions. Yeah, I can imagine that. That's pretty good. Um, I'm like, hey, I don't actually have to do this. <laughs> right, right. I don't have to be on here. Yeah, exactly. So I've been thinking about, like, okay, what are some things that we can do to, like, stay connected with people and be positive <laughs> at the same time? Like, I want to I wanna help people feel like there's still some good in this world hopefully the show does a bit of that um but definitely email us you know send us questions uh if you send us questions about Yu-Gi-Oh, i promise that i will answer them 100 percent incorrectly there you go uh with that let's go ahead and talk about the show before we make this too much of a downer it's time to discuss the episodes because we watched two episodes this week jimmy we watched parts one and two of isolated in cyberspace yeah it's a three-part episode so we watch the first two because nothing ever happens in them never uh and we are correct <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i have a feeling we'll go pretty quickly through this first episode part one the translated title is deck master deep sea warrior and its summary says yugi faces off against gansley in the form of deep sea warrior but struggles with the complexities of the dueling field and the new rules. Taya faces peril from a vicious tribe of Cyclopses, while Kaiba and Mokuba are brought to a setting familiar to their old orphanage. Oh, pardon me, a setting similar to their old orphanage. I was like, that, is, <laughs> that sentence that's doesn't make how, sense. That's not how words work. Uh, so, yeah, I, that's, I mean, like you said, this is part one of a three-parter. That summary is basically all you need. What stood out first in this episode for you? My, the, what stood out to me first was how this episode started off with an absolute terrible quote uh, from the Big Five. Mm. Our analysis shows your chances are, of escape are 0% and falling sharply. <laughs> uh, is that... That's not how math works. 
<laughs> maybe not how math works. Maybe is he rounding? Is it like zero point one two three four percent and falling to zero point one two three three percent? Repeating, of course. <laughs> of course, of course, naturally. <laughs> Which one says that? Can you tell them apart yet? can't tell them apart they're the big five and we literally just learned that they have names last episode that's true do you remember what they are i remember gansling i think one of them is crump i think so so gansley is the one that we meet in this episode oh meet we we get more of a sense of in this episode um gansley crump johnson nesbit and lector oh you know the big five <laughs> our favorite villains from the last two seasons the big five um the, the thing about the big five that i really appreciate about especially about this episode is we really don't see them ever again like yeah because as they remind us constantly they don't have bodies anymore because they got stuck in the cyber verse and then their physical bodies just withered and atrophied and died. Don't you hate it when that happens? Ah, dang it. Oh man. Just like me in quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. The big five are millennials. (laughs) Um, but the, the thing about the big five is because they lost their bodies, they can turn into any form because they're now like Neo in the matrix. They're one with the code. Yeah. Uh, so in the in the intro sequence for the show, you see all these monsters, and you have to remind yourself: wait a second, five of these monsters are the main villains of the show, <laughs> but I do not remember which five. Some of these are just people, right? I'm. I feel like one of them turned themselves into that penguin that we see. I with think the so. We get such a good close up of that penguin, that fucking dueling penguin. That has to be one of the big five. So the the thing. The thing that we see up front is that the big five, like any good dungeon master, uh, are going to split the party. Yep. And they say, okay, cool. Uh, we're going to duel you now, uh, but we're going to split you up first. And holes begin opening in the floor and they drop through them. Uh, and this is where that line from Kaiba that I mentioned earlier comes up where he sounds constipated while falling. Um, you wrote down a list of where they end up. Yeah, there's a lot of falling and yelling. Um, and they fall through these tubes into new virtual places. Uh, Joey falls into some kind of castle. Taya into, like, a wasteland desert area. Serenity falls into a, like, a birch forest. Tristan and Duke fall into what looks like a courtroom. But I think it's actually, (laughs) like, a big mansion. Like yeah, like a, like a manor house, yeah. Yeah, a chateau. Uh, the Kaiba brothers fall into another forest, and then Yugi falls down next to a lake. Yep, yep. Ta-da! Uh, Unless you forget, Yugi is the main character of the show, so we focus on him, and out of the lake rises Aquaman. Yeah, it, this, this character, uh, it looks like... A Destiny Two ripoff, <laughs> like it's it's got like the face shield, but then also a tiny cape. <laughs> yeah, is Aquaman wearing 
bits of armor stuck to him. Right, and a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> and a motorcycle helmet. Uh, and it's revealed that Aquaman is Gansley. Gansley says the most insulting phrase. <laughs> do you want to do Are you familiar with the phrase, it's time to duel? And Tyler, that sound clip right there is what I think we should put at the intro of our show. Ooh, there we go. Are you familiar with the phrase, it's time to podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I'll see if I can can pull just that audio clip. We'll see what I can do. Uh, Yeah, it's so funny to me. That he knows that Yugi is this like world class duelist, right? Like number one at Duelist Kingdom. He's getting ready to beat Kaiba at Battle City. He's probably seen footage of Yugi. <laughs> like, buddy, you know who that is, right? I invented the phrase. It's time to duel. <laughs> like he captures Serena Williams and is like, "Are you familiar with tennis?" <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a there's a, a sort of a theme going on with that that idea in this episode or in, in this trio of episodes at least, um, but we'll we'll come back around to it. Uh, Gansley uh, reveals himself to be in the form of uh, Deep Sea Warrior. I almost forgot it's in the title of the episode. Uh, Deep Sea Warrior and challenges Yugi to a duel. Yep. Uh, he he wants and as he has constantly reminded us. Uh, once he beats Yugi, he will then be able to download his brain into Yugi's supple teenage body. God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> he Why? says specifically that he can't wait to be young again, uh, but he's going to change Yugi's haircut. My dude, you can take any form. You live in the internet. Yeah, why do you want to be this, like, 12-year-old boy? You fucking creepo. This, all parts of this plan seem bad. Yeah. Like, I think last episode we mentioned, why don't they just pay some, like, bodybuilders or something, take their bodies, and let these, those guys, like, live forever in this, like, perfect Matrix world. Pick, pick any five millennials. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you have to go into these, like, generic teenagers. Yeah. I mean, granted, Yugi has unique hair. He's protagonist well, hair, yeah. as we've said before. Not Maybe generic is the wrong word. Except, I don't know which of these guys wants to be Tristan. None of them. <laughs> none, of, none of them. Maybe Crump. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe Crump wants to be Tristan. Uh, so so they, they start the duel, but Yugi doesn't have any cards because they're in the digital realm. He didn't have time to prepare a data dump. I don't know. So uh, these digital cards appear before him, and they are, I guess, based on his original deck, but they were sort of like, like provided it. by the big five, is, is what Gansley they said. Just, he just gives him a link to their card database. Right. And he's like, all right, fill all your inventory space. We got sort of a mini game of them just like scrolling by and it's implied that if they pass by, then they're just gone forever. So he has to touch the ones that he wants before they go away. (laughs) He's just scrolling through all cards, building his perfect deck. It's like a, uh, it's like a, like a dual monsters fruit ninja. (laughs) Card ninja. 
Uh, so, he, so he picks a bunch of cards, all the ones that you would expect, basically, and yeah. has a new deck. All the, all the ones we've seen before. Yeah, he basically just recreates the deck he already has, as far I mean, as I can tell. If it ain't broke. Yeah. There's one notable difference that we can talk about here in a second, but the next thing he has to do is pick a deck master. And I have yeah. to remind myself to be very careful on my enunciation there. <laughs> deck with an E. And we talked about last episode who we thought each character would take as their deck master. And you and I agreed that Yugi would pick Dark Magician. And for a minute, it looked like he would. Yeah, he's he's about to like select Dark Magician. Uh, but then the card next to it is Karibo. And then Karibo like crawls out of the card. And is like, Bree! is Karibo the girl from the ring? <laughs> you just turn on your TV and it just static and out of the the well just goes. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of adorably crawling out of your television set. Yeah. <laughs> Karibo crawls out of the card and I guess selects himself as Yugi's deck master. Cool. Yugi doesn't get any say in it. Nope. Gansley Gansley watches and goes, huh, interesting choice. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he's like, well, I like Karibo is like, Karibo actually has, Karibo actually talks, but it's like a Pokemon where he only says like one word over and over. Yeah, Karibo is, Karibo is a few elocution lessons short of being Scooby-Doo. Because he does Do like, yeah, and Gansley actually says, well, you dumbass, you should have picked a <laughs> deck master who can actually talk and you can like give you advice so you can strategize with <laughs> instead of this creature that can only like make noises. Now, see, I didn't even realize that that was an option, right? To like pick a deck master and get advice from them. Like I figured, yeah. okay, you're picking a card, not a life coach. Yeah, presumably he he would be able to pick like Dark Magician or something, and Dark Magician sure. would show up and be like, "Hey, bro, what's up?" <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly how Dark Magician talks. <laughs> Sup, dog? <laughs> hey, man, it's me, Dark Magician. You want some magic? It's I don't know why I made DM. him a SoCal guy. <laughs> hey, bro, gnarly. <laughs> want to go to In and Out Burger? <laughs> God, yes, more than anything. Um... So, yeah, okay, so so uh, Karibo picks himself. The thing that Gansley says here that's important is that... Yeah, this Karibo, is stupid. Karibo does have a deck master ability, but Gansley is explicitly not going to tell him what it is. Yeah. Like, Which, all these creatures can't have their own abilities to be your deck master, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. Also, I'm is, my own deck master. Oh, God, yeah, that one bothered me. <laughs> because he took the form of deep sea warrior he is his own deck master because he himself is also a monster i mean that's the truest representation of freedom you know each each person should aspire to be the master of their own deck (laughs) one can only hope Lauren just made an inappropriate joke off screen. Um, (laughs) uh, And um, 
so so but the thing is is like this is just another instance in the show's long and and sorted history of having rules and not telling us what they are yeah not telling us what they are and then like having rules and immediately breaking them in your own favor right right exactly this is this is gansley's favor yeah this is mao the television show the duel starts here i don't know how much we want to talk about this because it's all recapped in a flashback at the end of the next episode yeah it's completely pointless like scene Um, for scene it is recapped in the next episode yeah i don't know why we have to watch this duel twice because nothing happens I mean, like, for the people watching this, like, as it airs, I get it. Like, there's a week between episodes. Sure, you want a little reminder, but it's kind of just a straightforward duel for the most part. Um, Yeah, I mean, he even, like, even with the new rules of having a deck master, he doesn't actually, neither of them actually use their deck master powers for anything. No, Gansley does. Gansley uses it uh, once or twice. Um, it's, it's a bad one. It's a bad, it's a bad, well, it's a good power. It, its name is, yeah, he uses it towards the end of the episode. It, its power name is Reflector Hole. Oh, that's his power. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember um, Reflector Hole. It's bad. (laughs) Not (laughs) Not good. Not a good name. Uh, it's a hole that reflects. How that works? Not entirely sure. (laughs) Uh, the, the one thing that I do want to point out about this duel that I think is worth noting is the first card that Yugi plays. And I see that you have also made a note of this, Jimmy. With three question marks after it. What is this card? Yugi summons the card Obnoxious Celtic Guardian? Obnoxious? Is this a new card or is this just something that the translation team forgot to put in their Bible from last season? I tell you, it looks the same. And it's it just sounds Celtic Guardian, the same. right? Celtic Guardian has that has that sort of de- like dying cow sound of like. I think but it's ne- just Celtic Guardian. It's just Celtic Guardian. So why is he now? Yugi describes this poor card as obnoxious. What makes him obnoxious, <laughs> though? Do you, do you I'm think, just baffled. Do you think? Okay, here's my theory. It's not a separate card. It is Celtic Guardian, <laughs> but he says obnoxious several times because he's just sick of Celtic Guardian's shit. <laughs> he's sick of this grown-like elf man <laughs> coming out and mooing like a cow every time. <laughs> Use your words, Celtic Guardian. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Yugi's like, God, I'm so tired of this dumb fucking card. Fine, I'll play obnoxious Celtic Guardian. Do we want to talk about the rest of this like duel before going to the other characters? Because at this point in the episode, it, it sort of does uh, some cutaways. Nothing really happens the rest of this duel besides regular duel stuff. I do want to point out that Gansley just keeps making business jokes the entire time because yeah. he's a businessman. He talks about his his monsters as his workforce. Yeah, he keeps talking about the duel as though he's like strategizing some kind of merger yeah and is that what every one of the big five is going to do god i hope not because i'm already tired of (laughs) these business guys just talking business 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 on the one hand though 
like, yes, that's going to be tiring. On the other hand, it's going to be very satisfying in the year 2020 to watch five businessmen get owned. <laughs> yes, to watch five businessmen get trapped in a virtual realm where they're doomed for eternity. Uh, the other things that I had noted about this duel is that, uh, it, well, like I said before, Gansley uses his deck master ability to make a reflector hole. Uh, he does that thing where he he like lures Yugi into attacking him and then activates his ability. It works like mirror wall. It just sends the attack back at Yugi. Uh, and then towards the end of this episode, Yugi uses polymerization in the one only way that I will accept. He uses polymerization to combine Gazelle the Magical Beast and, pardon me, Gazelle King of Mythical Beasts and ooh, another card that I'm forgetting the name of, but it's like a like a lion type card, and he makes the Chimera card. Yes, that is how Chimeras are made. Good job. That's, that's how Chimeras are made. We did it. We did it. We made it. <laughs> that's the proper use of polymerization. Um, and then, oh, pardon me, one more note. This is my last note from this duel. The one line that I did like from Gansley is as Gansley is starting to think that he's going to win, he says, get ready to lose your mind. Like he's a DJ at Coachella and it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Drop the beat. (laughs) So that's the duel out of the way for this episode, at least. Um, we do cut away to the other characters. Who do you want to start with? Um, we, we touch on all of them. Uh, I think the first one we see is Serenity, who yes. is... Nothing happens. She's just watching <laughs> digital swans. Yeah. She's I was like, like, wow, the swans look so real. Wow, this water feels real. I was so worried for Serenity. Like, everything seemed to be going too well. And all I could think while watching that scene was like, oh, God, be careful around those swans. Oh, dear. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> be careful. She's off playing Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Getting harassed uh, by birds. Right. It's a it's a lovely day in the digital realm, and you are an awful goose. <laughs> uh, how about uh, Joe? Jo- yeah. What's Joey doing? He's in a castle. Yeah. Joey is in some mansion, and he's just... Wandering around yelling at the big five. Like, yeah, I'll get you. You better let me out of here. He's like waving his fist in the thin air. He's he's <laughs> me playing any horror game. <laughs> you people in your uptown attitudes are going to get what's coming to you. <laughs> he does say uptown attitudes. Yeah, he just is kind of like, I know you guys can hear me. So he's just like wandering around the castle, threatening just the air. He's getting ready to uptown funk them up. He is. <laughs> He's going to uh, show them how they do things in Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, do we see Tristan? Yeah, we see Tristan and Duke a little bit later on. Yeah. Duke uh, and Tristan are also in some random castle. Right. Uh, they only care about finding and protecting Serenity. They don't care about literally anyone else. Just the, <laughs> Just their friend's sister who they're both crushing on. Yep. Yep. Cool, I guess. Good. Great. Um, yeah, so they're just wandering around being like, huh, I wonder what to do. Where's Serenity? Yeah, they, they walk and walk and walk, and they realize, oh, this hallway that they're in goes on for literally forever because they're in a digital world where time and space have no meaning. They're like, ah, damn it, we're in the infinite staircase from Super Mario 64. 
<laughs> and um, and that's a really good reference. Uh, and uh, Tristan has the bright idea of like, well, if we can't go forward or back, what if we went sideways? Uh, let's break through a wall. Because <laughs> that's how walls work in video games. Any given right. wall, you can just break it. It's not just an un- uh, just a complete total obstacle. What video games were out when this episode came out? Do you know? A lot of video games. It was what, 2005? Uh, I think so. 2005 sounds right to me. Um, but like what what like big uh, 2004, 2004. Uh, what like big video games were out and did any of them have like destructible, like destructible environments? Walls? Yeah. What's the the one that was on Mars? That was like big on destructible environments. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh on Mars? No. Or like in space and you it was like all about terrain deformation and being able to like just smash through anything and that was the big draw was the physics engine. Uh no, nothing's coming to mind. Um I'm looking at just a list here on Google. Popular games 2004, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Half-Life 2, Halo 2, World of Warcraft, Burnout 3 Takedown, Chronicles of Riddick? That didn't have destructible physics. Doom 3, The Sims 2, here you go, Jimmy, Metroid Prime 2 Echoes was 2004, Uh, Fable was 2004, Paper Mario 1000 Year Door. Damn, this was a good year for video games. Holy shit. That was a hell of a good year for video games. Star Wars, Knights of the Old Republic 2, Katamari Damacy, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, Battlefield Vietnam, The Incredibles... (laughs) Unreal Tournament 2004 was an amazing game. Uh, Pikmin 2. I'm just. This is going to become a video game podcast here in a second. Silent Hill 4: The Room. Oh, like it's not already. Ratchet and Clank: Up Your Arsenal. Uh, and Red Dead Re- Revolver. Oh, huh. So yeah, none none that I'm seeing that are known for destructible environments. So I I don't know if this was like. Oh, Beyond Good and Evil. Man, okay, I'm sorry. This is just going to keep... <laughs> I'm just going to keep going on this list. I don't know... What I'm trying to say is I don't know that Tristan would have thought like, yeah, it's a video game. Video games have destructible environments. Let's... And what he does is he takes an axe from a nearby suit of armor because, of course, there's a suit of armor nearby. He takes an axe and he begins swinging it at the wall near them, which is the shot that we get in the intro for the show. Um, I think it's... Red Faction Gorilla is the one I was thinking of. Oh, yes, yes. I never played that, but I, I have heard good things. I had the demo and like half the, the I remember the trailers and like half the, the draw that was just like being able to destroy all the buildings around you. I mean, that is fun. It was fun, but Tristan wouldn't know about it. Right. Uh. So, yeah, so, so that's where we get that shot from. Uh... <laughs> Spoilers for the the next episode. Yeah, spoilers for the next episode. They do end up getting through. This plan somehow works. Um, It's Minecraft rules. Just punch it enough times (laughs) and it'll dissolve. I mean, Tristan does have those sharp fists. (laughs) He does have sharp fists. Um, Uh, Let's talk about Taya and then let's go to the Kaiba brothers. Taya is wandering around... uh, what looks like a very small version of the Grand Canyon. And yeah. she is I think attacked she even... by Cyclops. Does she call it the Grand Canyon? 
Is that why we think that? Yeah, she's like, it's a virtual Grand Canyon or something like that. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, whatever you say, Taya. And then, yeah, she's attacked by Cyclopses, like you said, like it said in the uh, in the summary of the episode. I think these are the Hitotsume giant card. Yeah. Uh, which we see in episode, like the first episode of this show. Um. But yeah, she runs from Cyclopses is basically her whole thing. I do want to point out, I'm very impressed at how white she keeps her socks during this whole ordeal. Oh, yeah. Her thigh-high socks that are like pure white, despite pure the fact she's white. running through mud. That she fell into this wasteland, this Grand Canyon environment. Fell. This means that she must have landed, I don't know, on her on her hand. She landed in a handstand, maybe. <laughs> anything to keep her socks from getting dirty yeah and she's running in such a way where she's kicking all of the dust directly behind her and not getting any on her clothing or it's a cartoon who knows who could, <laughs> or who it's could a say? cartoon and they don't want to animate dust <laughs> who could say um okay so now the kaiba brothers i think are the last ones left yeah we got to mokubo and kaiba i forget where they are at first in like a uh, but, forest clearing. Oh, that's right. They're in some like random forest. And so Mokuba's like, what's Noah's deal? And Kaiba says, fuck if I know. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I don't know why yep. he's mad at me. Yep. Um, but they actually have the most interesting part, I think, of these two episodes. Where they find a mysterious floating door there in the, uh, in the woods. Kind of Narnia style. And they open it, and behind the door is the orphanage they were in as kids. Ooh, <gasps> Gasp! And I that's kind of where the episode closes. I mean, narratively, we get a bit more of the duel after that happens, but we've talked about that bit already. It kind of just ends with them being like... It just like, kind of ends there. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is what this? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was the, just very briefly, what was the best part of this episode for you? Uh, it was very funny to me that Gansley is a businessman, so of course he talks in nothing but business quotes. Nothing if not a stereotype. Yep. What's your best? Uh, my best was that Kariba became Yugi's deck master by accident, and now he's stuck with Kariba for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, the Kariba basically chose him, and I didn't know it could even do that. It just crawls out of his cards. Yeah. And now that's his deck master. I'm, that, I'm excited to see key. where this goes. Sure. Let, let's yeah. see let's see where this goes. Yeah. Uh, how about your worst? Uh, in true three-parter fashion, nothing happens this episode. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, enough for us to talk about, but not really to move the story along. Yeah. Uh, your worst... Uh, you know, okay, so, like, the whole splitting the party thing is fine. I don't like that the two female characters in the group were put in damsel in distress scenarios right off the bat. Oh, yeah, we don't, well, Serenity wasn't, but we see next episode that she kind of was. Yeah, it just, I don't know, I don't know that we need that. Yeah, no one else is being attacked by monsters, but just the two women. I mean, Yugi is technically, but (laughs) but he's but he's fighting. You know, he's it's he's fending for himself. I I think I would like to see Serenity and Taya get a bit more agency in this season. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it'd be nice if they had something to do besides running away and screaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, let's cover uh, the next episode. This is episode three of season three. 
the translated title is The Terrifying Regeneration Combo. Summary here is Yugi's strategy is hindered by Gansley's deckmaster ability. Tristan and Duke face a mean dinosaur to save Serenity. Meanwhile, Kaiba and Not Mokuba... just any dinosaur. A mean dinosaur. A mean... That, that, there's a mean some bitch. Uh, meanwhile, Kaiba and Mokuba confront, a painful, confront painful visions of their miserable childhood, but within the heartache may lurk the key to Noah's true intentions. Okay. Um, okay, so the episode begins back where we ended. It's back on the duel with Yugi and Gansley. Gansley just talking a big game. Yugi re- reminds him, hey, I have all the monsters on the field. I killed all your monsters. Uh, he attacks Gansley, and Gansley uses a card called R- 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 Recliner? <laughs> Recumbent. Recumbent. Rick-a-combo breaker. <laughs> Reclamba, I think it's... Rococo? <laughs> Rococo. Ah, yes, the Rococo. Uh, I think it's Ruclamba, if I remember correctly. And it's like an... It looks like the alligator from Alligator's Sword with nipples. <laughs> um, And it has an ability which anytime Gansley takes a thousand or more damage, he can summon one from his deck. Uh, so that's the thing that you see throughout this episode where Gansley willingly takes damage in order to summon more monsters. Gansley ha- also points out that Yugi is in a virtual nightmare. Hey, that's <laughs> yep. the title of the last episode. Hey, nailed it. Uh, I wanted to ask you, because you brought up how your best was was Gansley's business stereotype. How did you feel about his approach to quantity versus quality here that he and Yugi <laughs> debate for a bit? It's very funny to me. He, did, he goes through this later in the episode too, but... He like goes into his own backstory about he how he got started in business by stealing his neighbor's lemonade stand and then spinning <laughs> that business into the like the nation's largest distributor of frozen lemonade. Uh yes, I started with a, just a, a small investment of someone else's business. <laughs> Sounds about right. For, for anyone listening who may be in that boat, like, you know, in a similar time of life as, as Jimmy and I were, uh, were, you know, around 30 and thinking, God, what am I going to accomplish with my life? Just remember that Jeff Bezos was already 29 when his parents gave him $300,000 to start Amazon. Just you a can, small You loan. can do it, too. <laughs> also, don't read Rich Dad, Poor Dad fucking hated that book sorry sorry <laughs> similar thing oh, but he gets, yeah Gansley... he gets through all the business advice and then he goes yeah and then i just made small investments of you know ten twelve thousand dollars here and there <laughs> it's like one of those those articles it was like she retired at age 38 here's how she do it you can do it too and like this girl got like off a condo from her grandma mm-hmm. and then she like put that for rent and moved in with her parents down the street. So she was making just tons of cash all the time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's, there've been several articles like that recently and they're all, let me tell you bullshit. <laughs> um, but anyway, so continuing on with Gansley's, uh, unfortunate backstory. Gansley just talks a lot about how his monsters are like employees and he keeps a large workforce just so he can fire people when he wants to. And there'll be another employee to fill in. 
Uh, and that's how he treats his monsters, too. It's almost like he's running like a Hydra. <laughs> yeah, I, I just cut down a head whenever I feel like it so that two more can pop up. Yeah. Do you think Gansley was always into card games? Or is this just a recent thing that he got into specifically so he can beat Kaiba at it? Because none of the big five look like duelists. That's true. That's true. I, I would be willing to bet that the first time any of them played Duel Monsters was in the virtual world. Like I think I think they thought that they could manage the company because they were good at capital B business and not have to worry about what the actual business was, which was card games. Well, yeah, I think they were in the business business of um like uh military Misery. surplus. And take it to the top. Got a body like an hourglass <laughs> ticking like a clock. No, because Kybercorp used to be like uh, uh, a military sur- provider and then Kaiba turned it into making oh, that's card right. games stuff so yeah I think I this is this. Yeah. new to them and they just do you think they set the digital world clock speed up and overclocked it so they could learn dueling twice as fast that's what they I mean that would be the smart time. move yeah that'd be it's the been smart an eternity yeah. for them because they they're in digital time. Their clock speed is set so high. Overclocking That's why they're their so desperate brains. to take over teenager bodies. <laughs> I'm a thousand years old. I've done nothing but learn how to play card games. <laughs> That's how 2020 feels. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So they have this whole debate, though, is what I was getting at, where he's like, yeah, they're my workforce. I fire them whenever I want. I'll just have more to replace them with. And Yugi's like, that's ridiculous. If you don't respect your cards, they're not going to do good work for you. And they have this whole, like, quantity versus quality sort of thing going on. No, cards are my friends. (laughs) I respect each of them. (laughs) Except for uh, Celtic Guardian, who's obnoxious. (laughs) Uh, we cut away from this for uh, thankfully a long time, uh, and we we start getting into what the Kyber brothers are up to, which is dealing with flashbacks of their time in this orphanage that they found themselves in front of. And it's interesting because it's part flashback and part what's going on now, except the world that they found themselves into is like a recreation of their own memories. Yeah. Noah has yeah. somehow made the virtual world able to like go in and recreate people's memories and then like rebuild it just to kind of torment the Kaiba brothers. I I have a feeling it's not as complex as all that. Like I think this is a Kaiba brother specific thing. Just because like okay, they're going to fucking Kaiba Island. <laughs> yeah go to the tower that kaiba built from the ruins of his father's company like you know all this shit i i I have a feeling this is not like mind reading technology you would think because i have something my immediately my immediately thought when they talk about how noah is somehow like reading their minds or whatever 
what yeah. happens when Noah gets bored of the Kaiba brothers and turns that technology on Yugi? <laughs> what happens oh when he like built like goes into he's like what happens if I like open this guy's mind a folder and suddenly there's all this like two thousand year old ancient Egyptian stuff? I mean that would be a great way for Yugi to find out that Bakura's been hiding out in there. Wouldn't that be a fucking great plot hook? I hope that comes up later if this mind like mind reading stuff is true, but I kind of doubt I, it. It's it's like a lot of things in the show where we're like that would be a much better <laughs> to go. <laughs> that would be a much better idea than what's actually happening. Um, but uh, I, anyway, I like back what, to the Kaibas. I like what we see here. Yeah, I, I like what we get from the Kaiba brothers because we get like young innocent Seto Kaiba before uh, he, he was calls, a dipshit. He calls Mokuba Moki. <laughs> little Moki, <laughs> which which becomes like a plot point. It does. Uh, so uh, I like that part. I don't like the first thing that we hear Seto Kaiba say. Uh, young Seto Kaiba, Mokuba is sad on the swing set, and Kaiba tells Moki to just cheer up and forget about their parents who went mysteriously missing. <laughs> They're gone yeah. now. Uh, their emotions will only get in the way of their survival. So you have to get tough and be cold and unfeeling. Yep. Like me, Seto Kaiba. <laughs> so, uh, or actually, they're, pardon me, they're not the Kaiba brothers at this point. No. They're we don't just, even get their, their name. They're just the brothers. <laughs> they're just the brothers at this point. Because uh, we see in the next scene... Uh, they're watching themselves through the window as children playing chess against each other. And the little shitty CRT TV in the corner is like, Gozaburo Kaiba, undefeated chess champion, just donated a bunch of money to the orphanage. Yeah, this is this is as Seto and Mokuba are playing chess. And Mokuba's like, wow, Seto, you're so good at chess. Is there anyone better at chess than you? <laughs> and Seto's like, well, I'm sure there's somebody. I don't know. And Mokuba's like, well, I haven't seen it. Uh and then the TV comes on and goes, international chess champion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this guy is Gozaburo Kaiba, who's like a business magnate, who's also an undefeated grandmaster. Never lost a game. Uh, but he shows up at the orphanage to get some publicity photos. And we find out that he's a big piece of shit who does not care for kids. He's just managing his image. Yeah, his his first line is really great. It's very like Daddy Warbucks in a way. Like it's his first line is, "What's that smell? You do bathe these little urchins, don't you?" <laughs> urchins, urchins. Uh, and they're walking around. They're doing photos uh, with the kids and giving out gifts and stuff. And Kaiba walks straight up to Gozaburo and says, "I challenge you to a game of chess, and if I win, you have to adopt me and Mokuba right now. No questions asked." <laughs> and uh mr kaiba says what the fuck no i don't <laughs> <laughs> and set up to which seto says yeah but if you if you turn down my challenge i'll go and tell the newspapers what you did and he's like how dare you you little shit fine <laughs> he threatens him he's like it won't look very good if you backed away from a kid <laughs> uh and they chess they chess they chess they chess very good. Uh, apparently, Seto studied all of uh, uh, Gozaburo's games, learned all of his strategies, and Gozaburo 
just doesn't care as much as Seto does, I guess, which is Seto's secret to winning, is that he cares more, which I don't mm-hmm. think is how chess works. <laughs> is that not? I mean, unless Part he's tapping in... That's what I was going to say. The heart of the chess, maybe, is, is what's coming out here. That's why Seto doesn't believe in the heart of the cards. He believes in the heart of the chess. <laughs> which is just believing you're going to win, and that's how it right. works. I believe in the heart of the checkers. <laughs> what happens with the heart of the checkers? Occasionally, I believe in the heart of the tic-tac-toe, which is just where I focus really hard and write an X across the entire grid. I believe in the heart of the dice, which is that the dice hate me and want my character to die in D&D. That's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's accurate. That's, that's real life. Uh, They chess and Seto wins. Obviously. Obviously. And, uh... In the present time, Mokuba gets angry watching all of this. Seto is like, why are you angry? I, I beat Gozaburo. I got us adopted. I gave us a new life. And Mokuba misses the, the time in their life when Seto was kind and friendly and called him Moki. He called him Moki. He specifically calls out, I miss when you called me Moki. Aww. Which um, I I don't think are words that have been uttered by a, a human being before this. <laughs> uh so Mokuba's like, I'm going in there, and Seto's like, no, it's a trap. Um Mokuba opens the door to the orphanage to be with the like I don't know, digital version of Seto's younger self. Uh but it is a trap. He almost falls down a bottomless pit. Ta-da! Ta-da! Of course, it's a bottomless pit because it's a trap. Uh, I do, I do love this scene though because the wind blows his hair up and we see Mokuba's forehead for the first time. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I mean he's got one. Like I, I don't know <laughs> what I was expecting. It's not just hair under there. No, no, it's not just he. He pulls his hair out of the way to reveal yet more hair. <laughs> his head is just completely flat right above his eyes, with just like. A troll shock of hair st- sticking out. I mean, now we know. Now we know he's got a normal head. Uh, uh, and that's that's it for the Kaiba brothers for this episode. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Yugi. We go back to Yugi, who has a flashback to what literally just happened in the duel. Yep. And uh, Gansley summons a Yoey. 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 Yeah. Uh, which is <laughs> which is what I want to call Joey from now on. <laughs> He enunciates Yoey very slowly, so you know that he's not saying Yowie. Right, right. <laughs> a Yowie is a different card. <laughs> a Yowie is a very different uh, type of anime. Uh, so yeah, is that is that a is that a ghost? Is that a kind of ghost? That's a yokai. That's a yokai. What's no, a Yowie? <laughs> Yowie is gay porn, Tyler. What? How do you spell it? Y A O I. Okay, well I'm gonna Google this shit. Now. <laughs> Please don't Google Yowie on our live podcast. Okay, yeah, no. I, okay, top thing, Wikipedia, also known as Boys Love. Yeah, okay, yes, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> I am now closing the tab because that is as far as I wish to go at this time. Um, okay, so I learned a thing. <laughs> it is Yowie. <laughs> I teach you so much, Tyler. <laughs> it's Yoey and not Yowie. Definitely or not Yoey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It is spelled like Yowie. It's spelled Y O W I E. Yowie. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> I can't. I can't unsee it now. Um. Okay. So he summons the Yowie. And. <laughs> uh. What else and happens in this duel? Not a whole lot. Yugi Yugi does a Sherlock Holmes style brain palace where he examines all of his possible dueling options, and most of them involve the reflector hole. <laughs> Kinsley's got Yowie and a reflector hole. Uh, and we get a flashback to most of the duel from the last episode. Yeah, um, it goes for a while. Yugi sort of out loud outlines all of his options. He, he he says them. He's like, okay, I could do this, but then you would use your reflector hole. I could do this, but then you'd use your reflector hole. I could do that and that, but you would use your reflector hole. And if it weren't for your reflector hole, I would do this. And I wish he would stop saying reflector hole. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, uh, so we Gansley... cut away from all that again. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, to Duke and Tristan who have successfully hit the wall with an ax until it broke. And now they're outside on a balcony. Yep. Uh, I think at this point, Tristan has forgotten Duke's name because he keeps calling him dude. (laughs) Dude Devlin. Like every sentence, Tristan goes, dude, we got outside. Dude, is that Serenity? Ah, bro. Dude, what is this place? (laughs) But yeah, it is Serenity. We hear Serenity screaming in the distance and she is running. Uh, Enter stage right, pursued by a turtle rhino thing. Yeah, what what is this thing? It looks like it's from Avatar. It looks like a cross between a rhino turtle. I'm just going to Google Yu-Gi-Oh! Rhino Turtle. It's some kind of monster. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's scary. It's not an electromagnet turtle. It's not a catapult turtle. Uh, Maybe we'll find (laughs) it. The two kinds of turtle, electromagnet and catapult. There's also a jar turtle, which is fun to look at, but not the monster that we see in the show. So, uh, so she's running from it, and uh, wh- wh- what's the exact turn of events here? Uh, Tristan, Tristan jumps off the roof and falls like twenty feet and lands on this thing's back, and then he kind of jockeys it and like puts his hands over its eyes so it can't chase Serenity anymore. And so he's like, whoa, 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 and he just kind of rides it into a river, and he falls off and gets soaked. Right. And he looks up from the river, and he sees Duke Devlin holding Serenity's hand, and Serenity going, thanks, Duke, that was so brave how you yeah. pulled me out of the way. <laughs> and he's like, ah, Duke. Um, and that's it. Yeah, that's that whole that's that whole cutaway. Do we see Taya at all in this episode? I don't think we do. I think we see her from far away at the end. Just like I continuing to run. No, we see we see her unconscious form on the back, slung like a sack of potatoes. Oh, oh my god! Yeah, you're being right. Carried away by one of the Hitatsumi giants. So she has been kidnapped uh, by by Cyclopses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> boy, that's a that's a Chuck Tingle novel for you. Um, so uh, Gansley uh, it continues his his whole shtick where he's saying to Yugi st- stuff like, uh, your life points are falling faster than the stock market in 1929, Yugi. <laughs> Which is a big oof. It's yeah. uh, It's not a good feeling when the show makes a Great Depression, depression joke, but currently in an economy worse than the Great Depression. 
Ooh, yikes. Yipes. Uh, uh, he plays... The, the one thing that I do like about uh, Gansley is he plays Wall of Illusion, which... For the listener, if you have not seen Wall of Illusion, it is rad as hell. Is this the first it's time a, we're seeing it? I think, I, I think we've seen it once it before. before. I it, it felt familiar to me, but I, I love to see it uh, either for the first time or, or you know as a as a reprisal. Uh, Wall of Illusion is a big face uh, on a. How wide would you say it is? Like 12 foot wide by 6 foot tall stretch of skin held together by bones that look like a kite almost. I mean, it's a wall. It's a wall. And at the ends, at the corners, are these like hooks. Yeah, like little things. Yeah. claws. And its whole deal is that if it is attacked, it will enclose around the attacking monster and remove it from play. Now, that's a yokai. That there is a yokai. It is freaky to look at. It kind of reminds <laughs> me of Cassandra from that one Doctor Who episode. Ah, yes, or the face Moisturize of Moisturize me. Yep. <laughs> it's like living in a bouncy castle. Um, of flesh. <laughs> Uh, ooh, Doctor Who. I I want to watch some Doctor Who now. Um, well, you're in the you're in Doctor Who land. The one place, place Doctor Who it, goes. Yeah, that's true. I the do UK. pay for BBC now. <laughs> you can watch it on iPlayer. Got to make the most of my TV license. Uh, that's it for my notes. Is that where the episode ends? Yeah, we we I, cut to black. Gansley has the upper hand in the duel and Yugi doesn't know what he's going to do and it just ends. I guess it is part two of a three-parter, so that's not like too surprising. We'll we'll wrap this all up next week. Yeah. Uh, what was the best part of this episode for you? My best of this episode was we finally got that coveted Kaiba backstory. Ooh, finally yeah. Getting little bits and pieces learning about the Kaiba brothers. Uh, and I'd like to know more about their mysteriously vanished parents. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much that would actually affect my opinion of the Kaiba brothers is the thing. Like clearly they didn't have that much of an impact on them unless it like suddenly reveals something about Mokuba that makes him interesting. (laughs) Instead of whiny. Yeah, because that's the thing that I'm really not looking forward to moving forward is like, oh, we're going to get more Kaiba backstory. We're going to see what made Kaiba, like Seto Kaiba, the hardened individual that he is. We're going to watch Mokuba cry in the corner. Like, <laughs> We just saw it. Yeah. You know, we're just going to get more of that. All right. I guess. Cool. But we got it. We got it. Yep. Uh, my bonus best of was just the idea I had that if Noah's software can read a person's memories... What would happen if he used it on the Pharaoh? I feel like that would be a great way to finally like unlock the Pharaoh's memories and what happened yeah. to him in the past. But I kind of doubt that we'll get that. It it should be pointed out, though. So this whole time, we, we haven't really mentioned it until now. So Noah is watching all of this happen. And oh, we yeah. get a couple of really good shots of him in this like... Um, like, you know, in uh, the Matrix sequels, the architect who's in that room with all the like TVs... It's like a sci-fi version of that where he's got like a sphere of screens around him 
and he's in this like raised chair that spins around and he can watch everyone uh and it's really cool i like it a lot he's got all his tabs open <laughs> god so many tabs uh what was have your you best? seen have you seen i'm sorry google chrome you can nest tabs now you can do what so you can you can put tabs in tabs. I don't know if it's a thing that you have to like turn on, but no. a couple of my coworkers sent me a screenshot and it just made me sick. I just close your goddamn tabs, people. No. <laughs> you can you can search your history. It's fine. You won't lose things. The internet's still there whether your tab is open or not. So you can have a tab of tabs. That not gonna lie, that sounds very useful. So For I can what? Uh, because sometimes you, you rabbit trail and you're like looking at a bunch of stuff that all have to do with the same train of thought. Is the back had... button broken in your house, son? <laughs> if I can't see them, I'll forget they exist. Oh my god. So it's an object permanence issue. Yes. No, it's an ADD issue. <laughs> all right. A tab okay. of tab sounds delightful. It's no, like, it doesn't. I can go back and be like, hmm, what... What uh, what keyboards were I looking at buying? And I'll be like, oh, here they all are. Just Google keyboards again. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, Lauren wants to sorry, interject here. Sorry, I want here. to interrupt. One Hi, of my Hello. Well, sorry, I couldn't help but over here. One of my colleagues who I respect very much and is a very genius person and has gotten one of her projects funded recently, which is amazing, writes her projects with like... I'm not joking. She showed me one time with like 50 tabs open. Don't tell me who. I don't, won't. Don't tell me who. I won't tell you who. But she showed me one time and she kept doing this to like write all of her master's work. And it kept crashing like Chrome would crash I and it wouldn't why. save the history because she had like completely overloaded it. And I was <laughs> just like, just copy like at this point, just copy and paste the web address and be like i'll come back to this later and she was like well i just work better this way anyway it caused me stress to look over at her computer screen when we were working together anyway i'm glad you can't see my firefox window that i have open on my other computer me too (laughs) me too like bookmarks you know make a open a open a spreadsheet i love me a good spreadsheet I have a tab open of icons I was going to recreate in uh, Animal Crossing when I first got Animal Crossing like three months ago. Oh, my God. The closest. OK, the closest I come to this is uh, I pay for an app called Drafts. It's on Mac and iOS. Uh, Drafts is just like a note taking app where I can write in Markdown and it does the Markdown formatting for me because that's what we use uh, for a lot of things at work. And I love it. Uh, and I have the paid version now, so it lets me do automations of various kinds. So I have an iOS shortcut on my phone where when I share a link, I can save it to drafts and it will automatically append it to a drafts document titled links. So that way, if I want to go back to a link that I was interested in previously but didn't fully explore, it is in that document. (laughs) Anyway, my best for this episode... (laughs) My best for this episode, I, I I found myself kind of enchanted by this episode in a lot of ways. Like, it wants to do so much, and it delivers on absolutely none of it. Oh, for sure. It, it sets up so many things, and it wants to go so many places. And that 
it has it has sort of like a like a purity to it in that way like the the enthusiasm it has about being Yu-Gi-Oh is so pure it has so much that it wants to do it has like it wants, so many tabs open it has so many tabs open it wants so much and it just doesn't get there and that that feels very Yu-Gi-Oh to me uh okay how about your least favorite part of this episode the other characters in this episode are sure doing a whole lot of nothing. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of it can be summed up with uh, Duke and Tristan uh, meet up with Serenity. And that's it. I mean, they break through a wall. That's not nothing. <laughs> they, with, they a, do, with an axe and a they mace. They do axe through a virtual wall and jump on top of a rhinoceros turtle. Yeah, that's that's not nothing. <laughs> But otherwise, there's just not a whole lot that's going on. We don't even get to see Taya again, besides the very end where she is unconscious. Yeah, she got, that's kind of going back to my get worst. Knocked from the last out episode. on screen. Yeah, that sucks. She just I don't exists like that. now as another plot point where she has to be rescued again. Yeah. Eh, what what yeah. are you gonna do? You know. What's it's your, it's yeah. it's not called Taya O or or Tristan O. <laughs> I'd watch Joey O. <laughs> Joey O's. A show about Joey blundering his way through duels would actually be pretty funny. That would actually be pretty good. I'd be into that. That'd be fun. Uh what's uh, your worst? My worst Gansley's whole steez is just bad. It's just bad awful i don't like it i don't like his businessman talk i know this was your favorite from last episode but i don't like that he compares everything to business i don't like that he is just like an asshole about everything it's just so generic that the business guy talks nothing but like 80s business metaphors yeah and it's just like i get that you want to like take over this teenager's frail body with your old man brain but like I wish that he wanted something unique. Yeah. Like it's kind of it's kind of weird to have five villains that are all ostensibly one villain. Yeah, my question is once we get to the other the rest of the big five, are they all going to be like this? Cuz they're right. all businessmen. That's, are they That's the question. All going to just talk in business metaphors and try and get their teenagers bodies? Because I mean like, you can do that once, sure, but five sure. times? Uh, I don't know. Like, what sets Gansley apart from the rest of the Big Five, I guess, is, is my question. We don't really have a sense of that yet. We didn't even know he existed until, like, two episodes ago. I don't care about <laughs> any true. of these guys. At least with Pegasus, he was there from the beginning. And, like, you had to right. build up to, like, his whole deal. And I get that the thing we're doing now is, like, okay, we're building up to Noah being the, the sort of final boss so to speak so like these guys are mid bosses we don't really need to care about them but i want to care a little bit yeah i want to feel something when yugi beats him i still don't care about these guys like they're not even there to fight yugi they're there to fight kaiba they're antagonists of the antagonist they're the enemies of of our frenemies (laughs) Yugi wasn't even supposed to be there. They don't care about him. She doesn't even go here. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I guess that's true. Like it, it's kind of a bonus for the big five that the other teenagers were even on that blimp. 
Oh yeah, there's other duelists, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put them in our in our virtual torture realm. Yeah, we'll take their bodies. Yeah, sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We only cared about Kaiba, but sure, put those other guys in. Might as well. Yeah, why not? A but anyway, yes, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the other big five. I hope that they're in any way different. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have my hopes up though. Oh well. Well, okay, that'll do it for that episode. Let's move on now oh, to the next part of the show, where I'm going to invite my partner Lauren to come join us uh, once again in the studio. I'm excited. In the studio. Lauren's been been sitting five feet to my left this whole time. Lauren. Uh, hi. Hi. <laughs> we I'm, bring you on. I'm What's genuinely kind of intimidated. I'm seeing Lauren here with her like giant binder out before her. Looking it's just at you. a notebook. <laughs> It's ready to put us I to just, the test. I just jotted down some ideas. Okay. You know? by, by jotted down some ideas, you have done more work for this show already just by jotting down ideas than Jimmy <laughs> and I have ever done. No, you take notes on the episodes. I, I guess. In quotes. <laughs> uh, but so what we're going to do here is we're going to play a little game called Yu-Gi-Oh! Or not. You have to do the whole oh, thing. Pardon me. Wow. Pardon me. He doesn't even remember. I forgot. We're going to play a little game called You Activated My Podcast Season 3, Yu-Gi-Oh! Not Season 2, colon, Enter the Task Dungeon. Dear God, what a mouthful. <laughs> uh, we have a spreadsheet now of our drafted monsters from Season 3 that we're using for the first half of the season. Jimmy, you and I are going to each pick one, and then Lauren will give us a task, and we have to say which one performs that task better. Uh, right now, we have a pretty bare-bones spreadsheet. I'm going to be working, uh, before posting this episode, on adding some pictures to it and putting it up online. Uh, so there will be a link in the episode description to the spreadsheet I'm referring to so that you can kind of play along at home if you want. Uh, Jimmy, what monster are you going to pick for this first round of You Activated My Podcast Season 3, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Not Season 2, Enter the Task Dungeon? Well, Tyler, I was thinking that given that I went first in picking the monsters, you can go first in choosing the monster that you're going to use for our competition. Okay. Um, I, I am going to pick... Uh, a little monster I like to call Lord of D. Wow, straight off the bat, huh? Straight, straight off, off the bat, bat with Lord of D. You're I, just using that one. You're yeah, just wasting him I, right, well, right up front, huh? So the thing is, is like I didn't want to go too uh, too weird right off the bat. I don't want to go too. I want to have to like think too hard. I guess <laughs> <laughs> I wanted. I wanted. I'm gonna be fully honest with you. I wanted someone with hands. <laughs> <laughs> Because you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly, exactly. Jimmy, what are you thinking for, for your monster? Yeah, I think for, that's a smart idea, going with just a person right off the bat, uh, just to kind of test the water, see how we do here. I'm going to go with Machine King. Machine King, okay. Uh, I'll pull up a picture of Machine King for Lauren. Um, like I said, I'm going to add some images and stuff for the spreadsheet. So it'll make a lot of sense when we view this, uh, we should have... if you're listening to it, you'll be able to view those right now. Going through this now, I'm realizing that we should have put links to all these guys when we made this. Spreadsheet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's all, that's all work for future Tyler. <laughs> Screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well established fact that I do not like that guy. 
Um, so we have, as our two monsters, I have selected Lord of D. Mm-hmm. Jimmy has selected Machine King. Commissioner Lauren, what is our first task of You Activated My Podcast Season 3, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or Not Season 2, Enter the Task Dungeon? Okay, well, I wanted to start off with something that, like, we could have a bit of fun with, but that wasn't so, like, difficult or, you know, not too challenging. I have some kind of uh, esoteric, shall we say, things in here, but... Okay, okay. I wanted to start off with something simple um, and just see see where you go with it. So... I'm scared? No, no. So your task this week is wrap a birthday present in a way that will impress everyone at the party. Oh my God. Mm. Do we know what the present is or do we get to pick? Well, I want, I want you to make your case, right? I want you guys to like pitch to me. Okay. Any and all information you provide can be considered in the final score okay okay i have some thoughts jimmy do you have some thoughts uh i have some initial thoughts yeah okay do you want to since i picked first do you want to kind of go through what you're thinking well machine king wrapping a present uh, would have machine uh level skill and precision so i feel like machine king could take any given shape and like precisely down to like the millimeter cut some like origami shape in such a way that when you wrap it it forms a perfect uh like tessellated outline of whatever it is you're wrapping mm. Mm. like paper craft he sees craft. The, he or, the polygons so would you wrap something like uh like a basketball or something like that. Yeah, if he let's see, if Machine King had to wrap a basketball, I feel like he would make the wrapping in the shape of like a D20. Like he would cut it out in such a way yeah. that you would be able to fold it out and then it would form a perfect um just like a tessellated uh polyg- polygonal form around the basketball. So you wouldn't necessarily be able to tell it's a basketball. You could tell it was something circular, but it's, it would be, um, just like a perfect, like a, like a giant die essentially. And then you would be able to just go with one finger or go, and then where it was taped, it would just kind of unfold Hmm. because he's a machine King. He would be able to use math to figure out the exact angles he would need to wrap it. That's very good. That's very good. See, I've been thinking about like who's this party for? Like, mm-hmm. that's is a it a birthday? Question. You said it's a birthday present. Mm-hmm. It's a birthday present. So, like, for... so so you don't have easy themes like Christmas Christmas wrapping. You right. know, that's like an easy style. You could go with like a red and green, or you could go with a gold. Glitter is acceptable at Christmas. You know. I didn't yeah. want to make it too easy in the aesthetic department. Yeah. Okay. That's that's good for me because so I was thinking like, what sort of birthday party would Lord of D go to? Mm. And so the thing about Lord of D is he he has a wicked cape, a great popped collar, 
he wears a, a, a dragon skull as a helmet. So I, I would imagine that he's going to birthday parties of like vampires <laughs> and like, uh, uh, you know, sort of immortal deities. Um, uh, deities. Deities. See what I did there? <laughs> um, and so the. He does kind of look like a, like a children's entertainer to me. Like you can see this guy bit. showing up at Chuck E. Cheese. A little bit. But the thing about, like, okay, if he's going to those kind of birthday parties, like, what would the present be? The present almost doesn't matter because anything that you no, get. No, the present doesn't matter. The, the, anything that you get a vampire lord or, like, an immortal deity, like, is going to be, uh, uh, what's the, it's the thought that counts more than the object, you know? Yeah, this is born out of the fact that I really like to wrap presents, um, and sometimes when I have, like, more time, I'm really bad at presents, but. I'm, I really like to wrap them. And so when I have a lot of time, I'll like do, you know, custom gift tags and find like wrapping or like stamp wrapping paper or something like that. Meanwhile, I use leftover grocery bags. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So it doesn't matter what's inside. Like, have right. you ever been to a party where there's just like this amazingly wrapped gift and everyone is like wow it's almost too pretty to open the presentation yeah, is what counts here yeah jimmy did your mom make you save wrapping paper oh yeah we use is that- we have a box in the computer room at my parents house that's just nothing but various wrapping paper and especially boxes from years past yeah i feel I like, like i've had the same boxes for christmas since i was a toddler mm-hmm. Yeah. My grandparents yeah. would iron it. Ooh. So you had to undo it without tearing it, and then they'd iron it and use it again. That's too much pressure. It's It was a lot of pressure. That's yeah. a lot of pressure. So, so okay, so I'm, I'm thinking, in much the same way that Jimmy's Machine King approach is very similar to what you would do, Lauren, my approach for Lord of D would be very similar to what I would do myself. So Lord of D, the D stands for dragons. He's the Lord of Dragons. Does it? Are you sure? Or are you making this up? Uh, no. This, uh, this I'm, I'm positive. So this is the other, um, the other. Nope, that's the King of D. Pardon me. King of D is great. I was just King looking of D at is a King triple of neck D guitar. In my Google fucking tab. rad. Look at his fucking mm-hmm. guitar. A three uh, neck guitar awesome. where the three necks are the heads of Blue Eyes Ultimate Dragon. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, no, let me let me look up Lord of Dragons. We need to, we need to see this guy in the anime. Yeah, so if you Google Lord of Dragons, the first Yu-Gi-Oh card that comes up is Lord of D. Uh, and in the show, they say Lord of Dragons. Did they fucking run out of space on the card? <laughs> no, they've Gaga Gaga Gigas Gaga Yeah. So why uh, is he no. Lord of D? I, you know who can say. <laughs> um. The thing about Lord of Dragons is when he's used in the show, he's typically used in a way that helps Seto Kaiba summon dragons. So I would imagine that his approach to wrapping a birthday present is less about paper and would involve mm. instead summoning a dragon around the object or summoning a dragon and feeding it the object so that he can show up to a party with a dragon and the recipient says, oh, wow, you got me a dragon. And Lord of D says, no, no, no. The dragon's just the wrapping, the real presence inside. And then just leave it up to them. How do they get to it? How do they get to the present? There's a, there's a quick way and a slow way. 
Is that is that the whole thing? That's that's basically okay. it. That's basically my pitch. I think Lord of D would summon a dragon and use the dragon as wrapping for whatever semi appropriate birthday present. Mm. Which might just be an amulet or a flute. Hmm. The skull of your enemy. The skull of your enemies. So do you want to do like a rebuttal? Do you want to like each do a chance for one rebuttal to like clarify any any points? Yeah, I don't know. Jimmy, is there anything that you want to, any particular uh, uh, points? Clarifications? You wanna, yeah. The point of wrapping a present is not to make it difficult <laughs> to open unless you're pr- mm. pulling a hilarious prank. But I feel like having the recipient having to slay a dragon to get at its insides is not just gross but inappropriate in a party setting that so is you a party and I grew pooper. up in two very different households <laughs> listen it's christmas morning i don't want dripping viscera all over my tree it's my birthday i don't want to have to try and eat cake just after i've been pouring through a dragon's awful <laughs> But that's the thing. I don't think Lord of D would come to your birthday party. <laughs> I'm kind of insulted. Wow, yeah. That I, I, I can't picture you being the kind of person being to send out invites and be Lord like, man, D. I really hope Lord of D shows up. Really looking forward to spend more time with that guy. Also, my, my birthday and Christmas experience was very much this kind of cruel prank experience. I've I've told you about my least favorite slash favorite Christmas present I've ever received, right? I think so. So my dad did this, uh, where he would put a box inside of a box inside of a box, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So it was a box wrapped in wrapping paper, and you take the wrapping paper off, and it had been sealed with several layers of duct tape wrapped all the way around a box. I think you the may box have is mentioned like, this before, yeah bigger than a bread box right like uh like a maybe two feet wide one foot tall one foot deep inside that box is a smaller box and that box is heavy and that box is wrapped in duct tape and inside that box is another box and some rocks to weigh it down (laughs) and then inside that box which is also wrapped in duct tape is a feed bag for like a horse like a canvas bag that's also wrapped in duct tape that has a box inside of it. And this goes for quite some time until you have a box that's maybe six inches by three inches. And inside that box is a pocket knife. (laughs) And then he's standing in the next room with the widest grin on his face. And he goes, boy, that would have been handy an hour ago. (laughs) See, that's a funny (laughs) prank, but having to do that while like gutting a living creature not as funny if, if you're a vampire lord or an immortal being maybe that's fun to you <laughs> maybe <laughs> Who knows? i don't know but we're not the judge here lauren is we're not the judge here lauren is judge judy and executioner judge judy uh... and executioner <laughs> i love it um Tyler, do you have any rebuttals or was that your No, that was it. That was, that was, yeah. I am going to give this one to Machine King. Yay! The reason being that the prompt was to make 
to wrap a present in a way that immediately impresses everyone at the party. And Lord of D's present wrapping not only required explanation, but effort. W- w- yeah, t- effort and difficulty to to get to. Oh, and I don't okay, think it okay. would have been immediately recognizable as a wrapped present. Oh, uh, that's that's fair. if you put a bow on the dragon would that <laughs> But I think that the people would have That would imply the dragon interpreted is the present. The, yeah, the present as uh, the I dragon. I gotcha. I gotcha. And okay. also Jimmy did work his character's like machine qualities into it and it sounded that's cool. That's true. That's very true. It did sound cool. I would love to have that present is the thing. Yeah. Any anything wrapped where I can pull the one piece of tape and then the wrapping just sort of origamis <laughs> itself away would be really fun. Sounds awesome. Well, congratulations, cool? Jimmy. Good job, really cool. good job, Machine King. I am proud of you. <laughs> congratulations, Machine King. Uh, that is going to do it for the first round of You Activated My Podcast Season 3, Yu-Gi-Oh! or Not Season 2, Enter the Task Dungeon. Thank you, Commissioner Lauren. For joining us thank you Always and also and that's another thing that people could email in is uh task dungeon suggestions Ooh, that would be good um as long as as you put something in the title like task dungeon or in the subject task dungeon suggestion tyler don't look or something like that Ooh, yeah that's a good point yeah so he, i don't want him to be able to cheat now that we're at the end of the episode, I will say again, please uh, email us. Uh, you activated my podcast at gmail.com. Uh, questions about Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, little 20-second music drops we can put at the beginning of the episode and tasks for the task dungeon. If it's the latter, if it's the task for the task dungeon, make sure you say task dungeon in the subject line so that I will not read the email. I'll just forward <laughs> it on to Lauren. Uh, and... Yeah, I think that'll do it for this episode. Um, our website is heartofthe.cards. Our social media is at yampod if you're still braving the fires of Twitter. Um, Jimmy, is there anything that you want to you wanna talk about before we close this one out? Nope. We good. All right. Well, Pepper has just whined at us, meaning that it is time to go. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about part three of this three-part episode uh, uh, called, uh, what's it called? Isolated in Cyberspace. I always get to this. I need to start writing down the name of the next episode. I always forget when we get to this point. Isolated in Cyberspace part three will be next week's episode. And until next time. Are you familiar with the phrase, it's time to duel? <laughs>